Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing Echo Season 1, Episode 3, Toklo. All that and more right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name's Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Who's excited? I am. So that was great. Excited. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I have very little notes because I couldn't stop watching <laughs> yeah uh i am having a hard time focusing on anything else that happened though uh except for fisk being there at the end like i loved i, I loved everything in this episode it's really really good episode killer fight sequence in the skating rink lots of iconic moments but man fisk being there means the next episode like he sent the murderers away right because he's My like games. Well, it's mind games. So here's the question. And it, I would and it, never do it to you, Maya. I don't think it's answerable. <laughs> I don't think this is an answerable question. I don't think we'll ever get it answered. But w- is Fisk doing it because he believes in his manipulation power so much that he thinks she's worth more on his side and he wants to win her back? Or does he actually or. care? Oh. Or, 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 third option, does he want to take her out himself? Mm. Mm. Possibly. She shot me in the face. She did shoot him in the face. That's a good point. What was on the other end of that call? Was it, hey, leave her alone or do not kill her? She's That's enough now. Yeah. 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 Just Fisk being in this is, I'm just pumped because it means the next episode I feel like will be focused on the two of them and them like trying, like having conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought you were right, Matt. I thought they were going to kill the uncle. Uncle Henry, I thought he was oh, done. Oh, me too. Me oh, too. Yeah. I, I thought we were going to lose somebody before. I mean, we still may in this next episode, but I thought we were going to lose somebody um, for sure. We and, lost Vicky. Yeah. That's You're true. Shot in Aww. the back. Nathaniel Malik is gone. Yeah. Aww. Now I don't have to be mad at his face anymore. My fir- my fir- one of my first notes was Nathaniel Malik added again um, because <laughs> yeah, if, if for, if we mentioned it in the last episode, but he he was on Agents of Shield. I think Waterfall Angel pointed it out, and I didn't recognize him last episode, but this episode was unavoidably noticeable because yep. he did a lot of that kind of stuff in Agents of Shield, like kidnapping someone and holding them at gunpoint, and just being a general asshole to everybody. And like, I was totally like, that's this is real Nathaniel Malik vibes going on. <laughs> Got that hard Nathaniel Malik vibe. <laughs> I loved the shot though when Dragula started playing. Uh, she's oh, she's my, my gosh. Mom. And like, like Dragula started playing, and it went straight to his face with just the blood covered, the smile, like, all over it as he's laying on the on the table. Like, it was a beautiful shot to just drive mm-hmm. home how like brutal it was about to be. Ash, you were talking about you wanting your MA. I got rating it. Earned, and I feel like it got it. Yeah, this, I this did. Episode. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. Um. You got a dude shot in the back and then like spitting up blood. Yeah. It, well, well, making the eye contact, I laughed out loud when yeah. he was looking at Bonnie. I was like, <laughs> oh, God. But the rest of it was great, too. That was a really, I, you know, I like a fight sequence. I love a well put together fight sequence. Yes. Yeah. But we were laughing as I was like, okay, so she's, why is she pretending like she can't take out, um, you know, Thelma and Louise over here? Why is this a problem? The two girls and Vicky, I, like she, oh, oh we yeah. had to wait for 25 people to show up. And then I guess 25 more showed up because she killed a lot of them. I don't know. There was a lot of goons. In the laser tag room, especially. That was so good. Oh, yeah. That was great. I think they yeah. just got the jump on her is the issue. 
But then once she had people, once she was loose, like there was just no controlling her. She was because she, she was, was gonna she burn had gotten of out of the the things and they were waiting. She could have taken them when they came back into the room. I don't For know. Sure. I think I was it was supposed- a protecting Bonnie thing. I think she was trying not to let the violence start till Bonnie was out of the room. Which is why yeah. she like said, Bonnie, you know, I'm going to punch you. So they stopped keeping us together. And yeah, then but then you they go took elsewhere. her. I was like, that right. did not work out. Yeah, that didn't. That, I was like, that didn't seem to be a good idea. But in the end, yeah. it was like she got her away from the violence that she was about to put on everyone else. <laughs> yeah. The uncle had my favorite part when he, when the guy got electrocuted and he laughed. And he laughed at him. I, I knew, I knew like Ashley's going to love that part. I loved it so <laughs> much. <laughs> this is really great. Oh, God. She's rigged it. We talked last episode a lot about, like, what is her morality going to be? Are we going to get some sort of sense of morality from Maya? And, like, now that the uncle is, like, joining her side, like, pleading pleading fealty to her as the new queen and, like, going to be on her side to go against Fisk, it makes me feel like maybe we are just going to watch, like a gang war and that's what this show is it's like yeah maybe she's better than fisk but she's not good you know what i mean like she's still a gangster he just had to see her in action and he's like oh my queen exactly (laughs) she does have dragons she does oh my god the like the dragon uh stuff that she was talking about like our dragons real that that's what i thought of as far as like imagery when she was given that like that plate to go over her leg uh, like when the grandfather was just mm. like, you know, when you wear this, everyone will know that a Choctaw warrior is on on the scene, mm-hmm. and like the like the scrolling on it looked like a dragon in flight. Oh, that's cool. That oh, was yeah. he's really good at making things. I guess it was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I, like that I came want out of that. nowhere. <laughs> I, like, the girlfriend and I were like, imagine the bruise that that thing would leave when she yeah. kicks you in the face. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, when he just pulled it out, I was like, wait, that's not... Uh, that's it? Well, what? Okay. It looked like something that was going to like expand into or like... It's the editing or- Matt was talking about. They just kind of boop, boop. I was like, yeah. oh, we're just speeding things along here. Yeah, which yeah. I think is like the good call. You don't want to like linger too long on, on that stuff. But I was thinking about like, like I'm interested to talk to Fox about that whole scene. Honestly, when she goes to like a pawn shop guy to get her like... You know, and he does repairs, of course, but like when she goes to him and she's like, Hey, make me a new prosthetic leg, and she needs one at such a high level. I just knew, like, I I need to talk to Fox, and he's, I just can't imagine that's in any way realistic. That's like the the, the kind of prosthetic she uses when she's jumping from train to train. It has to be like a crazy high level, like, form of prosthetic, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it has to be incredibly, uh, incredibly expensive for the materials involved but then also like the the amount of time spent on fitting has mm-hmm. to be a lot because yeah. they've got to like mold her get the mold you know done like mold it to her cast and like you know there there's a lot of a lot of work involved in that right and there are simpler versions but those are not the ones that people can do the kind of stuff that Maya can do <laughs> you're right no. she did pretty well with that one that he, the temporary one. Yeah, the, the jalopy. <laughs> during the very long fight sequence. Yes, she did. Oh, and we had a, I love a boot knife. It's I probably know. one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> well, and in this, it's like, makes a lot of sense that her, she would have to use her foot for some sorts of gadgets, you know, like she's got a foot <laughs> and no foot in it. So she has all the storage for extra weapons inside her own foot. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking Imagine of them. gadgets too, like 
MacGyver in there. Oh, yep. right. I, I yeah. What did I, I think? Yeah, I wrote like Echo Giver or something in my notes. <laughs> That's Skate better Giver. than MacGecko. That's what I wrote. Skate Giver. <laughs> Skate Giver. Yep. Ah, oh, make America skate again. Really good. I really should have. I laughed out loud when I saw that on the wall. Yep. Yep. God, when she went through that wall, landed mm. on the guy and just slammed his head Bam. into the ground. Oh, little blood spurt. Oh, it was oh. beautiful. It really so was good. Really good. Just a great freaking action sequence. I th- this this episode is mostly just that. It's mostly just she gets captured, and then it's the like tension of waiting to see what happens and and whether she'll escape. And when she does, seeing this completely amazing fight sequence. And then just fisk at the end. Like, it's just such I a great, know. tight, fun episode. Well, and the I'm beginning really was pumped. gorgeously shot. That whole oh, story, yeah. there was yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. shots in there that were beautiful. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. The, I the love the story. It's when she was down, um, it was like a faraway shot with the first time right before she saw the uh, tunnel or whatever in the water. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is some cinematic stuff. Yeah, <laughs> for beautiful. sure. I loved the intro, the, the intro being that old-timey TV, or old-timey movie reels, like yeah. the Marvel, oh, yeah, the, Spotlight. The silent Bang. movies. Crack. Yeah, it's Bang. like Spotlight has only been shown twice at this point, and they're already doing like cool intros with it. I love that. Yeah. Really, yeah. really love it. And, and and it sounded all like kind of that old honky-tonk piano or whatever. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The the thing that made me like almost the, get, get, get emotional during that scene was the father's war cry. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, yes. he gets so excited. Oh, when he sees her over the ridge and she saves all of them and just sees her go into town on those guys and, like, the war cry is just, mm, like, it really did get me emotional because it's, it's the, like, it's acknowledging her as a warrior and yeah. acknowledging that, like, and it, it isn't a, it wasn't even shocked. It was like, he got over the shot quickly and was just like, yes, yes. She's like, the- do it. Slay queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Slay <work>. queen. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, uh, like from a, from a technical aspect uh, on that as well. The, like the type, like the filter or whatever that they used was, mm-hmm. you know, reminiscent of that black and white movie. But then the, the shots that they were using were like drone shots and crane shots, mm-hmm. like up over the trees yeah. and everything. And I was like, I have never seen a shot like that in that filter because, like, they couldn't get cameras up over the trees yeah. or anything. Like, it hasn't been done, so like, it all looked washed out and weird. And I was like, oh, it's this juxta- juxtaposition, and like, they're using those those modern shots and like the the focus, the depth of field focus on the on the grass. Like, that wasn't a thing that they could do then, but mm-hmm. then they implemented it here. And then, like, as and that helped the the transition. I think when the screen started to widen and it filled out, and all the sound became like normal, unmuffled sound. <laughs> yeah, like all of that was just it was assisted. It was helped. It was it was gorgeous. Yeah, awesome, Completely. awesome sequence. Completely cool sequence. And it and I, I'm I don't know if they'll do that every episode, but we've gotten three episodes so far and three really cool old timey intros of like her ancestors, and I just that's just a really cool through line. I dig it. Well, it does yeah. look what the next episode is another name, and then the last episode's Maya, mm. right? So that's I love that. That's yeah. pretty cool. I Though I am a little mad at her ancestors. I kind of think that they uh, they distracted her and she got caught. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what it looked like. You know what I loved about that is when the um, I believe that the ancestor yelled "run" 
Yeah. But it was blurred out because she imagined a noise. There was noise in her dream. Mm. It went, but like she doesn't know what the word run sounds like. And so the, the, the ancestor yells run and she's lips, lip reading that and she understands, but she doesn't hear the word. But in her dream, she had noise, but it was like, it was just like a, a, a sound that came out. It was, it was how yeah. her brain would process yeah. that information. I thought that was really, really cool. So really. cool. Yeah. Um, before we move on, we need to talk about today's sponsor, a brand new sponsor, Fume. That's right. We're talking about Fume today, our brand new sponsor. Uh, check it out. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious, delicious flavors. No batteries. No batteries, none of that. You just have these little cartridges, these cores, they call them. You put them in there, and they just you're just breathing in fresh flavor when you breathe in with this device. It's very cool. Jeff, you said you felt like it was a nice little like fidget, fidget device. It is. It's it's got a good weight to it. It's it's perfectly balanced as all things should be. As all things <laughs> uh, should be. It's you know, you can spin, it's got a little clickety clackety bits to it. Like I, mm-hmm. it's it's good for the ADHD brain to have something to focus on in hand. It's extremely fun to fidget with. And it smells nice. It does. It is very flavorful, more than I thought. You could be that you have a resolution to change your habits this year, and fume is a really cool way to replace some habits. Giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for distressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. Yeah. That's what this can help do. So if you're you're looking for something like that, if you were used to drinking sodas, this is like switching to herbal tea. And the taste really is quite strong. It feels very like refreshing. I like the mint flavor. Which flavor do you guys like? Oh, I went for the orange vanilla first off. Ooh. Orange vanilla. I was just using it like air diffused uh, essential oils around me, like aromatherapy. Like while I was clicking and clacking, I could still smell it from like, you know, a few feet away. And like it, mm. it was a soothing scent. Yeah. I liked the, the pepper. It was something weird. The maple pepper? Maple pepper. That was it. I loved it. I'm still scared to try that one. <laughs> oh, no. You got to buck up. <laughs> you got to buck up and try the pepper, man. Got to go for it. Right now is the best time to start the good habit with Fume. All orders between January 1st to the 14th have buy one, get one on course, so you can stock up for the New Year's resolutions. Plus, as a listener of the show, you get an extra 10% off when you use our code. Head to tryfume.com slash universe and use the code universe for an additional 10% off BOGO course until January 14th to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Suck on them fumes. Just suck on it a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There was a part in that sequence in the skating rink um, where like she kicks, she kicks ass, she kicks ass. She turns to the uncle and, uh, and goes, pa. Yes. Oh, she's style style. That is a like that. That's a like a, that's a deaf culture thing. Like that mm. is a uh, almost like a, a cheer or like a, an achievement of like I win victory finally. Like it means so many things. It's so it's so deep as far as like meaning and context in like deaf culture, and it is so important that like. I've seen it on the back of uh, like graduates in the deaf studies program, like on their uh, 
the thing that goes over their robe. What is that called? Like the the shawl, the sash. Or whatever. Yeah, it's sash. Uh, I don't think that's the right term, but but it's the thing that like that loops over, drapes over, and like they have pa, like exclam- all <laughs> caps, p a h exclamation mark. Like it is intrinsic in deaf culture, and it is. Mm. It was so surprising that that happened that my girlfriend screams at the top of her lungs. She's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, yes, get it!" Like she's so happy about it. It was so so funny and so like endearing to see that happen because like that's real representation and like obviously a multitude of deaf people were consulted on the creation of this show like Mm. that culture is in there and it was so great to see that that's rad i mean i tried to mention this last time but i couldn't get uh i don't know we moved on couldn't get a word in edgewise i had (laughs) forgotten that uh this character was not originally in comics, uh, conceived as a character missing a leg, and like, I love that they did that. They cast Alakwa Cox because they saw the character in her and decided, yeah. like, yep, yeah, she she's just the best person for the role, and it doesn't matter that we're going to have to completely rewrite and reimagine <laughs> the character around her. But it's just it's it's not only like it's representation, sure, but it's also like elevation of the character and like giving it more quality it's it's a quality yeah. for the actor yes exactly because mm-hmm. like just because she's disabled doesn't mean that she can't do that role mm-hmm. exactly and i i love that it and I, i'm sure that like after this version becomes popular i'm sure the comics version will eventually have uh, like like that will be adapted you know what i mean and yeah. like that this, she'll lose luck right and it will be a thing for this character going forward that we all know and love about this character. And it's just, it's because the actress had that, you know, and it's, it's, I don't know. I think that's really cool uh, casting decision. There's already, there's already precedent for that happening. Cause um, Makari in uh, Eternals, she wasn't originally a a deaf black woman. It was, you know, a white guy that, was just like a random New Yorker or whatever. Right. <laughs> but they have since changed it to where, like, after Makari regenerated, uh, the the character of Makari now looks like Lauren Ridloff. And, like, Tony mentioned it, like, why does Makari look different? And uh, Icarus was just like, yeah, it just happens sometimes. Yeah. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just like, well, you know, when we regenerate, there's a chance that it happens once every 200,000 years or something. That's funny. <laughs> like, it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and, and they did a lot of, like, um, you know, gender-flipped and, like, ra- racially blind casting for that movie. But I did not know that about, uh, I guess I just never, like, thought about the fact that Makari wasn't deaf in the comics. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I, I love that. I, I, I really like that they're making those decisions to give representation, even in places where it's not, you know, like the, the thing we've, uh, we've often like seen is they choose a trait of someone that's uh, a minority and they change it to be, you know, they whitewash the character or they they make them less disabled or whatever for the movie version. And it's cool. It's interesting that they're doing that the other way because the actors are good and they're good fits for the roles and they go for it. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. I like it. She was so ingenuitive in, like, when you said skate guyver. <laughs> my thought, my thought was like, imagine if Tony, like, got a hold of her right. leg and was just like, we could trick this out. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> we need the vibranium. Where's our uh, 
Yeah, yeah somebody, vibranium. Somebody trick her leg out. Yeah, I would love to see that. Yeah. Or Need adamantium, whatever. <laughs> Are we? Do you around. think they're ever going to be like, oh, Will Smith? Fisk in the comics, was he always, there was always just something about him that was kind of indestructible. He always was stronger than the average person. Mm. And I would really love if they keep going with his character and like say he's a mutant or something, just something. Just he got shot point blank in the face. Yeah. And I loved when she signed that too, because she went like that. Like I shot yeah. him in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like people get shot in the face and survive. <laughs> it happens. Um, it's just, I, would I think know, that, but like, yeah. I mean, depending on the angle, it could work. Yeah. It's all about the angle. Yeah. But he, I wish he was a little bruised up makeup wise. It has only been five months. Oh yeah. I don't know. Sure. Brown suit. I was like, who are you? Are we in our Oklahoma wear? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He went to his special Oklahoma closet. Uh-huh. He's a different like. He's like suitcase. I'm going to the Midwest. I tell you what. <laughs> it was very like I don't know Western wear or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it was nice. It was nice. I like the deep it. blue and the paisley. When it reminded me of you know last time we saw him in the last episode, this couple of episodes of Hawkeye when we see him in like the Hawaiian shirt. Oh, it's why? just like where why. I, I get it. I don't know. Like, fine. Do different things with this wear. I and mean, they do that in the comics, but like... Meli Kamikimaka, right? It was a Hawaiian Christmas. I just don't know whether or not just put him in the white suit all the time. I think it I would know. be fine. I'm just imagining, like, Vanessa, where are my cowboy boots? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to Oklahoma. Get my hat. I'm Ooh. going to Oklahoma. Where's my horse? Takes off his sarong. <laughs> we were watching one of the uh, trailers, and there's a shot of someone's hand, and it looks a little like Vanessa, possibly. And and I was thinking that might be who they were calling. I hope so. She had those long white nails. I was like, please be Vanessa. I, it looks like Fisk is just awake, though. Like, I, I mean, obviously now. Yeah. But like, yeah, I did not, I, because last we saw him in the hospital bed, I did not expect him to be awake and up this early in the season. I mean, I guess yeah. I say this earlier. Healing season. factor. Just it- do it. Just make everybody <laughs> mutants. Let's do it. Make them all mutants. Please. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the fact that he's just a gangster and just has mm-hmm. this, the power of manipulation. The, the fact that he's human and the fa- it, it's kind of like the Joker. Like the Batman doesn't kill the Joker because of his code and the Joker being human and being very beatable is sort of like part of it and like but yeah you're right though fisk fisk is sort of like this just the size and the like way he moves his body and some of the power he has even in those that first season of daredevil when they fight it's very very powerful um and i i agree it does seem like something's going on but i also like the fact that there's not so i don't know how i feel about the idea of giving him powers (laughs) What do you think the stakes really are in this, though? Because it's if Fisk has been on quite a, he doesn't win as a villain. I mean, as you look back, like obviously the villains aren't supposed to win, but he has had a long string of losses, and I don't yeah. see that this one's going any better for him. So it's like, what are the actual stakes for his character in this? Does he make it past this? And if so, like what happens with that? What character? does he have left? If they don't start making him more of a problem. Yeah. Like, what does he have left? And what, what does he have left to lose? I, I agree. I think he needs to win. I mean, we've been talking about this with Kang over the last two years. You know, if, if every time he shows up, he gets beaten, it starts to feel like not a threat. Uh, he, We're all like, he, he Kang, who, who knew number? 
New Kang who dis? New Kang who dis? That's good. That's good. Um, but but the same thing with Thanos. Back in the day, we all kept talking about like, when he shows up, who's he gonna kill? Like who's yeah, he gonna yeah. who's he gonna he, just completely destroy? And it turns out all the Asgardians. Like he just them. But took that's them all what makes out. him the villain of villains for the Marvel. Yeah. Like there's re- like Fisk. We're t- can pose the question outside. He's like, who did he really kill this entire time? Of all the Defender shows, I was like, who? He's like, if he would have killed Foggy, that would have brought up his threat level. But he didn't actually like. Well, he killed. Um, who was it? Who ben, did he kill that was important? Uh, the the he journalist. His dad. His dad doesn't count. His dad sucked. Who? Ben, he killed ben Yurik. Ben Yurik. He killed Ben Yurik, which was a big deal. Oh, the old guy. Oh, yeah, and good. it was like brutal. It was brutal yes, because that Ben was, was such a character that was connecting with Karen and all this stuff, and like, right, right, right. Then just murders him. Um, and he also killed all the Russians, which like was a big move. In but so one. we were saying, like side characters aside, killing somebody important to the storyline is mm-hmm. kind of what takes your villain to the next level and makes sure. them, you know level five threat yeah absolutely and he's teetering between three and like four i would say right, right sure right i agree i think though his his willingness to uh throw himself into killing somebody yeah. is is part of it. Do mm-hmm. it and i think that was that was best illustrated with the uh the russian guy who's like you embarrassed me in front of her yeah mm. in front and of like, vanessa god i love that yeah. scene so much yeah <laughs> i would have if i was vanessa i'd be like i'll marry you right now <laughs> 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 once you once you're done with the car, you know, just get put a ring just on it. Go get it. Stop at Tiffany's. Come right back. <laughs> Open the door for me. Oh, not that door. Not that. I'm door. a size six. <laughs> yeah, five and a half, six. Uh, Princess Cut. <laughs> I loved that Vanessa got down with everything because at first you're like, oh no, she's going to be really upset, and she's like. Well, who are we going to kill today? I was like, yes, Vanessa! <laughs> yes! yes. <laughs> I'm like, I finally see myself on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Representation is important. Listen, I am a low-level villain in my own story. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, a, she's like what, what's his name? Uh, Stilt Man? Stiltman. You met Stiltman. Turk Barrett. Turk. Turk, Turk Barrett. We like Turk. Turk. Thank you. Yeah, you're you're yeah. like our Turk. You know, you're you're, yeah. clear, you're clearly a villain, but like we still I'm like, like having oh you no, they got me again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you everything. Don't, Just let me go. Please don't throw me in the dumpster. <laughs> Not again. I'm in the dumpster. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, no, I met that guy on a on a plane. I remember you telling me that. You now. met him on a plane. I don't remember that. That's crazy. Yeah, he was uh, he was sitting in first class, and I was just like, "Oh shit, Turk Barrett!" Is he and the only one in every show, right? Besides, like Rosario yeah. and him. I don't know if he's yeah, in everyone, but he's. I in, thought he's he close. popped up in. I can't remember if he's in. Pretty Punisher. sure he popped up in all of them. All of them, right? Yeah, I remember it was all the defenders. I don't know if he's in Punisher or not. I can't remember. Oh right, yeah, uh, um, probably though. It's, sort of they did the, they did this thing where like they plan. I think they planned to do the defenders, and so they planned out the four series. So there's all these little things that pop up in all four, but then like Punisher was kind of like this. It's, it was a true spinoff. Like I, I don't think they yeah. planned to do that show the way they did, but once it was everyone loved his portray- portrayal so much, they just like yeah, we're doing it. I cannot wait until yeah. they bring Burnthal into the. I, know. Like, I need him, and stuff. I need just I need. Uh... Kristen Ritter. Yeah. I loved her so much. I love them all, but like, I mean, you know, one being withheld a little bit. Oh, Danny Rand. Sorry, Jeff was, Jeff was smirking and I had to. What's that What's that actor's name? I can't remember. He's just Loris from Game ben of Thrones. Jones. 
Ben Jones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of representation and seeing yourself, as you said, when you, uh, about, uh, Vanessa, I saw myself when the kidnapper was listening to a YouTube video on how to kidnap. (laughs) (laughs) Hostage negotiation. Yes. Oh my God. Militia moms. That was so good. (laughs) That's what I was saying. I was like, how was she letting the, she, I guess she was like, let's just see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. Were you beaming at that moment? I was. I was beaming, Jeff. I was. And that is a great transition to our sponsor. Another one of our no, sponsors it's today. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. Beam Dream Powder is our sponsor today. That's right. Beam Dream Powder. Sleep. Sleep, my friend. Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health. When you are sleeping well, you are performing at your best mentally and physically. That's why I'm terrible on the podcast today. I haven't really been sleeping all that great. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I'm going well, to hit up some beam powder tonight, actually. You hadn't uh, been using your beam, pow- beam dream powder then. That is a good idea. It is freezing here, and I cannot... I love just curling up with a cup of beam. Right when Hot I'm, chocolate? Like, yeah, uh, the, the caramel. They have so many great mm. flavors, but I... I love the caramel, and I have like a ritual now when it comes to beam. Like I'm like, okay, I want to go to bed within the next 45 minutes to an hour, so I will stir that up for myself, and I will cozy in with, you know, <laughs> dinosaurs, why they ruled the planet, or something that I know I'm not going to watch, and just sleep completely <laughs> through the night. <laughs> yeah, I remember you You always were talking about how much trouble you had getting to and staying asleep, yeah. especially with as early as you have to get up in the morning. Yeah, I'm a night, I'm a night walker. I walk around the house at 3 a.m., like a sad, mm. sad ghost. But when I beam out, because I, yeah, seven, eight hours, never in my life. Out I love like it. A light. I love it. Beam's Dream Powder is a science-backed, healthy, hot cocoa for sleep. And it really has helped me with my own ritual uh, of getting to bed um, in the cold weather, especially. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. it is so nice. So, so nice. I sit, I sometimes will sit outside with my hot cocoa and just like really like feel the like, temperature differential i don't know it's weird um, <laughs> i know what you mean let the warm steam from it kind of wash over your face a little bit yeah i love that i love that while your toesies are freezing off other sleep aids uh, can lead to next day grogginess but dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi magnesia l-theanine melatonin and nano cbd to help you fall asleep stay asleep and wake up refreshed and I love that they do that with only 15 calories and zero grams of sugar. So yeah. I can still stay in that keto zone like I like to do. Do you know what I do, though? I, I put a little, little, sweeten it? little bit of chocolate syrup in it sometimes. Or I have a lot of salted caramel <laughs> around and I'll just put ooh, it on the top. Ooh, that sounds really good. Like a little rim? I take my stuff to the next level. Get a little sugar just in little- it. <laughs> I think it's sweet enough without it. <laughs> oh, it's definitely sweet. I have a sweet tooth. Oh, that's why. Okay, yeah, yeah. I dig it. I dig, yeah, I've never, I've never had a thought like it being fifteen calories. It's never made me think like, oh, this isn't hot cocoa. Like it feels very. Oh, sweet it's delicious. To me. It's really, yeah, really but good. it's yeah. yeah. Put a little whipped cream. Ooh, whipped cream! Ooh. Goodness, girl, you're giving me ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Woo wee! <laughs> I'm just imagining like instead of sprinkling cinnamon on the top of it, just a little more dream powder. A little you know? more dream. Oh, that's a great idea. I wonder if you can make like dream brown. Never mind. Come, we'll, talk. <laughs> we'll talk to them. We'll we'll work it out. Yeah, yeah, we'll work we'll workshop this. 
Yeah. And today, our listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder with their science-backed healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Better sleep has never tasted better. The numbers don't lie. In a clinical study, 93% of participants reported Dream helped them get better sleep. 93% people. 93%. If you want to try Beam's best-selling Dream Powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash mcupod and use the code mcupod at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash mcupod and use code mcupod for up to 40% off. That is a great deal. Your mental health is important. Take care mm-hmm. of yourself. Mm-hmm. Self-care. Self-care. Whipped cream. <laughs> Another moment I really loved that I just think was really, I don't know, it was really pleasant, and I don't know why, was her being hung up by the disco ball and yep. the disco ball sitting off in front of her. It just looked like such a comic book panel. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it was cool. It was just a cool shot, and I don't know if it's like from the comics or if it's, it looked like something that had been inspired by a like beautiful shot somewhere. Like It looked very thoughtful and like, I don't know, just the, the disco ball on the floor just looked iconic to me. I just really liked yeah. it a yeah. lot. They I kept like, waiting for uh, her to kick that Indiana Jones style at somebody, but it didn't happen. Speaking of Indiana Jones style, what about those whip guns? Oh, oh I went game. Catwoman. Yeah, she Catwoman. Uh, Wonder Woman, Indiana Jones, whatever you want to say. Like those whip, that whip scene was freaking awesome. And like, you can totally buy it. Like when she rips it out and starts using it, like we've all played with those gun games and like those yeah. things yep. being used as whips seems like totally like plausible oh, I, I guess she used one of them uh like the the opposite direction like was holding on to the the cable part and like and she kicked it in the guy's face she kicked it into the guy's face like gave me real uh like jackie chan uh shanghai noon vibes mm. god i love that game that was time crisis right yeah that was time crisis <laughs> and then she had the ski balls oh the ski balls it was so good yeah when she drops, when they when they finally have Bonnie a gun to her head, and she drops a ski ball as as her weapon that she's dropping. Yeah, I it was mwah, uh, chef's kiss. Bad ass bitch. French I kiss. love French kiss. I love her so much. <laughs> and then like with the Rob Zombie with the Dracula. Oh, the I, yep. my smile was ear to ear. Yeah, I knew it would be. Yep. See, that would have been the beam transition. <laughs> <laughs> Let's read another beam ad. <laughs> <laughs> bam.com slash mcu um <laughs> i loved that whole scene the the red light uh the, the the music the intenseness of like the distraction she's putting on the characters and the fact that she like intentionally led them to be shocked by the thing like just the whole yes, so good. the whole fight Badass. was so much fun so good and like the 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 mood of it with the red light and the music just was like intense and rad i i want more i can't wait to yeah. see the last two episodes i keep thinking they about were that, shorter like- though did you yeah. Oh, was this one extra they short? Dra- the next one and then the last one's only like 37 minutes. Oh, man, they do that, man. They, yeah. they like to do that. Yeah. You know what? I'm just realizing, and I, mm-hmm. I hate myself for realizing it. The, I've been saying someone's going to die. Uh-oh. Someone's probably going to die as a, like, you know, it, it's got to be her Uncle Ben moment. She needs her Uncle Ben moment if she's going to have a turn. She needs her, like consequences for her actions to realize so it's got to be somebody and this little subplot that has been introduced of chula and scully and their like ex-relationship 
that uh, they're no longer together, one of them's going. I just like. Uh, well, I'm, I think I'm grandma, it, right? I thought grandma, but then I think about how much how lovable Scully is. I know. I think Scully very well could go, and like the the loss will be terrible for the audience and for Maya, but also you'll get that like you know forlorn like he was flirting with her and trying to like hit on her even now like hey, hey i know baby. i'm like what happened you two i know yeah. i know it really bumps I me need and a little context <laughs> it used to drive you wild when i would talk indian to you she's like don't even sit next to me i'm like oh, come on grandma. no that's that's a don't even sit next to me because i might be tempted yeah mm. you know it you know it oh yeah okay. totally. <laughs> i think she was just it sounded annoyed like go sit over there you weirdo <laughs> You freaking creep. Those those gyrating hips don't mean the same thing to me anymore. I have a feeling <laughs> it had to do with like... She was probably... It's grief. Yeah, well, exactly. Because I have to headcanon everything. I have a feeling yeah. it's like something to do with the loss of uh, her daughter. So is he not the grandfather? I don't know. I, I'm guessing They're not he calling is. anybody... They haven't called him grandfather, I don't believe. But oh. like, I, I assumed he was her grandfather, but it might not be... He might have been a second husband or whatever, you know. Yeah, I don't know. A waterfall angel had something in the said something in the chat, um, and I am agreeing. I have a problem with who is. I know everyone's related, but how? Right, right. Because it's like Bonnie was living with the grandmother, but who is that? Where her parents is? Is it Uncle Henry? Is that the right name? That is right, right. The guy Uncle who Uncle Henry the, is the, the roller skate owner. Is yeah. Bonnie his daughter? Well, she was calling him Uncle Henry. Okay, so where are... Yeah, there's who's a lot of parents? family here that I'm not clear on who is who. Yeah, and it could that could, could be, be... everyone's an uncle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe this is similar to the... Maybe this is another cultural reference we're not getting, uh, similar to in Miss Marvel, where everyone's uh, uncle and auntie. auntie. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, it could Meta. be that the, the ancestors that had her helped get her kidnapped to help... Uncle Henry as well, because they had, mm. that would be family too. He probably wouldn't oh, yeah. have gotten out of there if he wasn't if she wasn't taken. I was thinking about that uh, earlier in early uh, during this episode. Like, what if we get to the final episode and like and the ancestors like, help, ugh. but it's Bonnie that actually gets mm-hmm. the moment, like the the help her ancestors mm. moment thing that like Ooh. saves the day because she's also uh, right there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I yeah, like she just assumes the form of Kahori. Yeah, she's like <laughs> surprise. Guess. She borrows Kohori from another dimension and yeah, brings from her a different in. timeline. <laughs> like somewhere in the multiverse, I have amazing powers. <laughs> <laughs> also existed five hundred years ago. Yeah. It's the it's the everything everywhere all at once kind of way, you know? Mm-hmm, you just, you mm-hmm. have to look into a version of yourself. Somebody said that then- phrase today on the line, but com- it was in the middle of a chunk of text it didn't seem like they were referencing the movie nothing was capitalized and it just seemed and i was like are they referencing that and it was one of the I, I, yeah i should have asked but I didn't. <laughs> it was weird that's, that's good you would see a connection to everything everywhere all at oh, once all the time everywhere everywhere <laughs> all at once um <laughs> when they tie her hands behind her back it you know just like putting all of these events through the eyes of a, a deaf person and like that being their communication method, like mm-hmm. it's it's it, when they had her and Bonnie on the floor, I thought they were gonna not get them. I didn't know they were gonna untie her immediately, and it was yeah, just a really she had interesting no thing. problems. Like her and Bonnie 
sitting across from each other, like she's on the floor tied up and like they can't communicate. You know what I mean? Like I they, think their faces yeah. were, she was like, right? her face said, hi, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I know um, what you mean. There's uh, just yeah, like, to get mixed up in this. Hi. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The facial acting did do a whole lot of work there. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that was really neat. I liked when the In a New York Minute came on the guy's phone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what was that guy's name? He was crazy. <laughs> was, uh, Zane. Yeah, that I makes like sense. Zane. Zane was the, the character name, but that was Flea. Oh, crap. Are you kidding? I was like, that guy looks so familiar, but he was doing that accent. He that, that Yeah, the Flea. accent threw me off completely. I did not see it. I can't wait to tell Ken. I'm gonna be like, you didn't notice. No. <laughs> he also looks way less weird now. Like in the, in this role, for some reason, he has a very like, I don't know. Maybe it's just the age has uh, leveled him out. He's a little lost bit. some bulk. Yeah, or or has maybe gained some mass in his face. Where he used to have like a very exposed bone he structure. Gaunt. Yeah, he used to have a very like, <laughs> like thinking yeah. about him in like a uh, Back to the Future Two. <laughs> <laughs> I've just really been liking all the... There's been a lot of recent exposure for Native American cultures in film and in TV. And, uh, you know, like, uh, Lily Gladstone just won the Golden Globe for Best Actress for Killers of the Flower Moon. And Mm. she went out there and she spoke, you know, her... I think it was Blackfoot or whatever, her language. And, like, that's... It's historical stuff to be happening for the Golden Globes, and I hope it bleeds over for the Oscars for her. But I do really, I've always loved seeing the culture and learning about it. And I just like that it's so front and center right now and so much stuff that, content that we're watching. I'm just really enjoying it. Absolutely. It makes me want to do more research. Because Jeff and I talk about, my favorite movie is Last of the Mohicans. And it's yep. always had this, in, I've had that interest since then and like learning about it and learning about it in school. but. Everything you learn, there's so many different cultures in this one culture or different beliefs and different tribes. And I just love getting to see everybody's, you know, different beliefs. And it's just really cool. Mm. Well, lucky for you, in 10 days time, we're going to go live on Legends and Libations <laughs> talking about Native American stories. That's yes. right. That's right. Uh, you, everybody come back to twitch.tv slash TV. Um, and uh, check out that. What time? What day and time is that? It's uh, Saturday, Saturday the 20th yeah. at 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, it's going to be 7 p.m. Eastern. Sweet. Yeah. Yep. Definitely check that out, everybody. Well, I'm looking at my notes to see if there's anything else in this episode. Oh, some bullshit from Maya. <laughs> some bullshit from Maya. <laughs> uh, she, she's been gone and not, not having connection with her loved ones. and. Bonnie has been messaging her constantly and she didn't respond. And she gave Bonnie like, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah, We grew apart. apart. (laughs) How do you tell someone you're killing people for what's your job? Oh, I kill people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She she went dark and that's what, like when she went, uh, when her father died, she said like, you know, I could have been there for you when your father died, but you weren't, but it seems like she was not even available to her before that too. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the timeline, but, uh, but then, we find out her, uh, her and her grandmother haven't spoken either, and they say, uh, she says, she could have reached out at any time. It's like, no, you've got two people. One person reached out a bunch, and you're like, we just grew apart. The other person, oh, it's their fault. They didn't reach out. Like, no. Very yeah. true. Yeah, what, yep, whatever. Yep, yep, yep. 
Whatever. She's so angsty. I get mm-hmm. it, but you're right. Like, I hate everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then Bonnie <laughs> says to her, you can't even look me in the eye. Yeah. And I think that's the and then thing. she just turns and... <laughs> yeah, she turns and looks. By the way, I, I can't help but do this. Like, it's the outfits and the dark hair and a little bit of the face shape or, like, the eyes or the mouth. You guys watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, Diaz, right? Yeah, the character of Diaz. I cannot. Un- yep. I cannot unsee Rosa. When it's just the jackets, <laughs> the tight jackets, and like the very dark hair, and the uh, and a little bit of the like eyes or something. The scowl. Like, That's yeah, so the, funny. The, the scowl. That's probably it. I just see every. Oh, she's walking around. And I just keep seeing Rosa Diaz <laughs> in, in Echo a little bit. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, when you mentioned you mentioned the outfits, it made me uh, think about the last one we saw her in with like. The the harness, like the, the riding harness. <gasps> Where did she get that? I don't know. With the, with the sun. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That that uh, design that was on that shirt. Like I've noticed that it that was, was on, on the shield, on the, fl- well, the leg shield. It was also uh, tattooed on her dad's neck. Yes. Mm. It was it was on his neck and on her uh, her jacket that we've been seeing her wearing. It's in. I copper. think it was on um, Bonnie's earrings too. What's now that you mention it? What it's is like it looks like the sun. The sun symbol that oh, we yeah. keep seeing. Well, and that's that's what the symbol is on her leg as well, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. the front of the uh, thing he made. Yeah, you had me question it because you said it looked like a dragon, but I think it's the sun with like a. Well, the sun's in the theme. middle, but the sides kind of have a scroll down okay. that kind of look like dragon tail. Cool. cool is that what cool. you meant? Uh, yeah, the the dragon tail scrolling on the sides. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dig it. Well. Uh, I I don't know. Let's go watch the fourth one. Uh, we're going to be back. <laughs> we'll be back with the uh, other two episodes in a couple of days in the feed if you're listening to the podcast. And if you're here with the live, we're going to be dropping the next live on Thursday. Uh, we're going to do episode four and five. So, yeah, I'm really freaking pumped, you guys. Um, we hope you all uh, are enjoying the show as much as we are. Oh, we got a couple. Did you want to check the chat? Yeah, yeah. We got a couple things from Waterfall Angel here. Um, Kind of random, but trying to figure out the family tree. Oh, this is what you mentioned. Yeah, we don't yeah. know. It's, she says, Bonnie seems to be raised by Maya's grandparents, her mom's parents, but she also calls Henry uncle. Uh, it, if I had to guess, it just sounds like there's a missing link there in between. It sounds like Bonnie is also, is a cousin that maybe her parents aren't around for some reason. Right. Like, Maybe they passed away, or maybe they it, it happens. <laughs> my mom was raising my niece for a real long time. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that's going on there. Uh, but, yeah, Maya's father's brother. So, who are Bonnie's parents and Biscuits, for that matter? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, how is, are, where's Biscuits' Maybe parents? Biscuits is Henry's son? Maybe? Maybe. Maybe. We're just, we're just throwing darts at a board. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't she go to him and she's like, Biscuit's going to get himself in trouble. He's impressionable. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And then in this episode, she's like, Biscuit's mixed up in it too. That's right. I bet Henry is uh, Biscuit's dad because that's why Chula went to Henry when Biscuit's was acting up. Yeah. Acting a fool. Um, that makes sense. Okay. Waterfall Angel also says uh, the actor who played Zane was also in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Agent Luther Banks, who was the right hand Man to Rosalind Price, uh, Andrew Hayward equals actor. I don't know. Okay. Oh, I don't remember. Andrew Howard. Andrew Howard. Andrew Howard is the actor. Gotcha. Um, Um, Yeah, yeah, no, I was wrong. It's not Flea. (laughs) What? 
Oh, it's not Flea? It's not Flea. I was like, damn, he looks real different. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. Listen, that's okay, fake news, Jeff. I was going to I was going to tell I was I'm still going to tell Ken it was. I'm going to see his face. And I'm going to be like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Just I thought be like, I no. recognized him from something else, but I, then when you said that, I was like, he did kind of look like Flea. Okay. I guess I haven't seen he Flea in a few look years. Like Flea. <laughs> he does kind of look like Flea. Thank you for correcting the record. <laughs> yeah. Fake news, Jeff. I like that. Uh, I like that yep. moniker for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you probably know him from Watchmen. He was Red Scare. Mm. The HBO one or the movie? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the miniseries. He was in seven episodes. Oh. Okay. So he was in all of them, but one. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember his, I don't remember his role, though. It's been a while. I don't either. Been a while. Never saw it. He looked familiar, but... Okay. Cool. Uh, right. So, thank you. Thank you, Waterfall Angel. Actually, Waterfall Angel corrected the record. I, I, I didn't realize when I read all that, Zane hadn't connected as the character we were talking about yet. Okay, gotcha. So, Zane was the ninja. Yeah. Oh, I remember him now. That is where I recognized him from. Thank you, Waterfall Angel. Totally where I recognized him from. He was the really hard-assed... Like, you remember Rosalind was the lady that... Uh, <laughs> Um, Agent Coulson was dating for a while. And, like, the kind cellist? Of, no. That was in season um, one. Then he moves on. And then in like season three or four, there's like this other organization. S.H.I.E.L.D. is working. There's this other government organization working on similar stuff. And he's sort of sharing information with this lady. And there's definite like vibes that they're dating or that they're seeing each other at times. And, but she has this really hard-assed uh, uh, agent who's like her, her right-hand man. And that is... Um, the uh, waterfly just says she works for the CIA or something. <laughs> oh yeah, she was the the head of the Advanced Threat Containment Unit. That's right, and they're the capturing yeah. in, in humans and experimenting on them or something, or just capturing them because they think they're all bad. And our characters want to be more nuanced than that. Good. Yeah, that was uh, that would have been season three. Yeah, they are really going hard at uh, Agents of Shield actors in this show. They're like, you guys are <laughs> never going to be canon, so we'll give you some sidewalk on rolls. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I said I would Shots. watch it the second they made it canon, and they were making everything else that, but why on earth would they leave that out? Because it's too awesome to, to live. It's just too good. Too good. Uh, well, we'll be back uh, with more. Uh, for our patrons, we'll be back right away with more tomorrow. And uh, for everybody else, we'll be back. Uh, on the feed, I think Monday night. So, peace. Until next time, true believers. Bye! Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here, and a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons, Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends.